It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegels, Lance Meadow with you, and the phone number for you to give us a call is 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter, if you want to get in touch with us that way. Not a whole lot going on. We finally reached uh, the first quiet point of the NFL offseason. We're about a week and a half away from the NFL Combine. Our show will be out there, of course, uh, the week in Indianapolis. So make sure you guys check out that content. But between now and then, you know, we've uh, the coaching cycle has reached its end with the Vikings hiring Rams offensive coordinator. Um, so that's kind of where we are right now. Not a lot going on. So I thought this would be a good time, guys, to kind of take a look around the league. We kind of talked about, you know, team building trends with the Super Bowl and the Bengals and the Rams. We discussed that. So today I want to take a look at kind of where we are with quarterbacks around the NFL, how you build around the quarterback, how you build with the quarterback, and, and different ways teams have done that. Now, I will stress at the beginning, this is not about specifically Daniel Jones. This is about to see, because the Giants have talked about it, but given where they are free agent-wise in terms of salary cap, and you know they want to see what Daniel Jones can do this year. But as you take a look at it from a league-wide perspective, where's the quarterback situation and how has it changed over the last couple of seasons. Mr. Fiegels, Mr. Meadow, good afternoon. How are you? Good. Doing very well. Ding, ding, ding. Yourself? Ring the bell. We are doing well here. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's get to it here. And this is kind of how I look at it. We've had in recent seasons the retirement of Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tony Romo, mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of, a lot of good stuff there. I don't think I'm missing any major ones, Lance. Did I miss somebody in that group? I think that pretty much included all the big players, the big at least guys, in recent yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, And those are six perennial Pro Bowl type of players, right? Yep. Jeff is just cannot shoot things in the garbage. He just tried to throw something in the garbage, can't hit the wall. At least I'll go pick it up <laughs> when I'm done. Well, he was trying to throw soup. The, uh, uh, how about this? I, no, was it soup? We, we were in the cafeteria. <laughs> I wasn't trying he to had, throw soup. He <laughs> had a bowl which had soup in it. No, so, it, it, it. So there were some remnants of soup, and he tries to throw it into the and in the cafeteria. We have like you know like the garbage cans you like bring outside. Uh, they're getting thrown. I'm getting thrown under the bus. The, right they're now. gigantic garbage cans. They're not gigantic. I'm standing off to the side of the, no. These are like the garbage cans you they're, put outside. They're yeah. big garbage cans. All right, they're, yeah, okay. All right, fine. Whatever you want to say. And he takes this thing of soup to throw it into the garbage can. It was a empty a thing he, of soup. Yeah, well, empty, yeah, but there were remnants. He hits me like in the chest with it. Well, he was guarding the basket. <laughs> I was next to the basket. So how much are you wearing right now? Nothing, because no, there was nothing no, left. There was a little bit. No, there was not. Well, it was like remnants, Jeff. So I'm just trying to get a oh, nice it, picture. It was of like what's going on here. it was like Eddie yeah. Curry level of of like rim protection. Listen, first things <laughs> first, which first. means not much at all. Two things. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> the soup was outstanding. By the way, well, it, that, it was outstanding. That's why there's soup. nothing what type left of soup in it. It was a tortellini, spinach, spinach tortellini with some prosciutto in there. Oh my goodness, very good. So anyway, so that's that's the first thing. So there wasn't anything left in that in that soup bowl. J Jeff okay. threw a bowl of soup at me. Let, I mean, <laughs> and let's just I, call and, it like and it second is. Second of all, is you know I'm glad I picked football and not basketball. I mean, I missed. <laughs> and now you just missed I missed again. hard, you and missed I by like two. And, feet. and John's a big basketball guy. For God's sake, so sakes. is Lance, and so are you, Lance. So John was 
he was guarding the basket. I was standing and next to a garbage I needed can. to <laughs> try to make it, and he defended it. And so he did a good job, and it went. Luckily, because there was nothing in it, there was no soup anywhere. It didn't go all over the place. Just a you know a minor little. And, uh, on the ground, I picked it up. And to note, he was about two feet away from the hoop. Let's, <laughs> this was like the equivalent of like the Russell Westbrook mid-range jumper that hits like the top of the backboard. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was the equivalent of too that. much yeah. mustard on that. Yeah, a little it, bit. It was going in until it hit John's Just chest. Just a bit outside. But, I, was yeah. next, I was not in front of the can. I was next to the can. Lance, Lance, you know what threw it off? I had the spoon inside the bowl. So that kind oh, of, okay. So know, the weight the balance weight of was it. off yeah. then. Yeah, that's that exactly. was it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's what's yeah. going Always on. blame and, it on the utensils. And it's amazing that this, we're talking about soup bowls at this time of the year, which is kind of where we're at because there isn't wow. a lot going on. I actually think we have a pretty good topic for the show. Well, we have a great topic. But after I saw Jeff brick his shot into the then I then I brought a thing of coffee in and I my little those little uh, wood stirs and I didn't like it in my cup because it kept in my nose every time I drink it so I tried to throw it in the garbage can denied again air ball so that in defense that, though the target is much smaller is. in the current yes, room it is much, sure. much smaller, smaller. Yeah. I tried to go off Papa's head who's pinned up at the board behind it <laughs> you go glass. that didn't work by the way did you call okay. Papa before you took the shot <laughs> no Don't. I didn't don't <laughs> don't throw your cup of coffee. Oh no please. no! I I promise you. I don't want my room smelling like I, coffee. For I don't three want days, it. To, okay? No, I won't do that. All right, that I was mean, a nice. Three I have minute, limitations. That was a nice three minute detour. Yeah. Anyway, That's it. back yeah. to the point. So we're okay. gonna take a look. You can mark this, Pearson. You can put this at our little like at the seven minute mark. We finally got to the topic. I'm gonna title the show. Jeff, that's not Jeff a teaser. I don't soup. know what is. <laughs> Jeff Airballs. <laughs> Jeff, it was two yes. airballs. I was over two. Jeff throws soup. I like that, Pearson. That's I good. tried to throw soup. <laughs> All right, back to the point. So we want to take a look at the quarterbacks around the league, how they were acquired, where they came from, and what level of quarterback do you need to realistically? try to win a championship and have a good chance of winning a championship. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. So let's start here. I have my top, I've set this up into three basic tiers and then I split those tiers into half. So the way I kind of phrase this, and I admittedly stole this from the move the sticks podcast, because I think it was move the sticks podcast. No, I'm sorry. It was the, um, uh, Tapeheads podcast with Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky. You should have just said you made it up yourself. No, 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 no. I'm honest. So (laughs) my three basic tiers, Quarterbacks, you win because of. The second tier is quarterbacks, you win with. And the third tier are quarterbacks, you win despite of. Right? That's how I kind of broke it down. And then I took each one of those three major tiers and I split it into a top half and a bottom half. So... Mm -hmm. At least for the first two. The third tier, you know, win despite of. I'm not sure we need to split that into halves. Or I think it kind of is what it is at that point. So, yeah, I'm going to go through what I came up with. This is simply my opinion. I have some guys noted too. Too young to tell or still figuring it out. You guys jump in and tell me if you think I'm way off base on, on any of these groupings or anything like that. Okay? So, let's start. Tier 1A. These are your franchise can win games for you on their own. It can overcome a lot of bad things going on around them. And their level of production is the elite of the elite on a year in year out basis. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Now Lamar Jackson does it a lot differently than those other three guys, Doesn't matter. but he does it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You guys on board with those being the top four and them kind of standing apart from the rest of the guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to go first, Jeff. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think all of those guys certainly are unique in terms of their skill set. They've helped their teams win a boatload of games, and I think you feel good about your chances, regardless of what's around them, that you have a legitimate shot to win a game. I mean, that's how I look at it. I agree. 
even if the circumstances are not ideal, you figure that quarterback's going to do more than just keep the team above water. So I would throw all of them in. I know you're going to get to your second tier. I mean, one other guy that I would make a case for that I think could go into 1A, I think you can make a case for Russell Wilson to be put in If that it was company. two years ago, Lance, or maybe even last season, I would say yes. I feel like the last year and a half he's taken a minuscule step back, which is why I had him. And he was my first guy not in. He was my first guy out of that first tier, right? So it's close. But I, I, I just feel like watching him, he hasn't been quite the same player the last year and a half or Well, so. and he was hurt this past season, too. Mm-hmm. So right. he missed some time due to the finger injury. But from a statistical standpoint, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's thrown for 40 touchdowns and 25 touchdowns, respectively, against 13 interceptions and six. No, that's I mean, fair. you do the math. I mean, no, that's, that's really good. 65 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. And, and look, if you, He's and, doing something good. And if you want to make the argument that he should be in the first year, I would not fight back hard on that. Jeff, you had a question. Well, do you, on our little things here, um, you have these little asterisks next to these names. What were those asterisks for? Um, those, I have the, oh, the in, in group 1B, I'll explain them right now. Okay. I'll explain them right well, now. Well, real quickly. So yes, please. Just because I, I, I too would, I have one other player I probably would put in that first tier. Who's that? It would be Deshaun Watson. Okay. Um, and now, that's a good argument, and I could see that And I know he didn't too. play last year. And, but, th- and that's really the only reason I have him out, right. just because we don't know what's going on Yeah, with but I, I feel like he's he's in that group um, when he's playing, and uh, he, the, remember, yeah. he's, he's pretty good. No. Look, I look, Sean Washington's really a fantastic good. football player. So I would put him yeah, in okay. there. Um, I think that's then, a good of argument. Of course, you got, you know, obviously you have some up-and-coming guys in, in, in John's 1B category where he's going to yeah. go into. You can, you can list them if you want, Jeff. Go ahead. Well, I mean, okay, so to to Lance's point, Russell Wilson, by the way, is the first 1B right below and, the 1A. And, and by the way, these guys are in no particular order. Okay. I just well, put him in one, a tier. So okay. see, you were looking to give him credit, Jeff, no. and yeah. now he's explaining that he even put him in a specific no, order. No, no, but, yeah. no, but I, said before, I said before that, that Russell Wilson was yeah. was my first guy. And by the way, just sure. to explain, my 1B tier is extraordinary production, but maybe don't do it quite as consistently as the guys in that 1A group and not quite as dominant. So they're good. Yet. They can carry you for periods of time, but they can't overcome quite as much and can't do it for as long of a period as those guys in the, in the top four. Is that fair of an explanation? You guys think you like that description? I do. I, I think that there are some... Uh, let me read these off yeah, for you real quick. So, so John's 1B. There's uh, two, there's four, seven, there's of seven of them. So in no particular order, as mentioned, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Prescott, excuse me, Matthew Stafford, Kyle Murray, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Justin Herbert. And I have the asterisks on Watson because of the off-the-field stuff. Okay. And then Burrow and Herbert... I think potential to move into top group. No question. But too young, have not done it long enough or consistently enough for okay. me to feel confident about putting them into that 1A group. Okay. Yeah. And, and I was going to, now that I know why those asterisks are there, because that, that was going to be why I was going to put these guys, and I would have put an asterisk next to those guys too, just for that reason, because I feel like of these 1B quarterbacks, there's a lot of up-and-coming serious talent. You're just going to be coming up to go to that 1A. When you look at Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and I would even throw Kyler Murray in there. I mean, the guy is, the guy is pretty darn good. No, potentially, sure. And so mm-hmm. I feel like um, those guys will eventually go up. In the 1A category, real quickly, with Aaron Rodgers, I, you could put Aaron Rodgers, you could put any of these four guys that you had mentioned, Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, and Jackson, on any team in the National Football League now. And they would be, they would be, they would be a playoff team. 
they would be a playoff team and possibly contend depending on some of the personnel around them. Correct. Right? I agree. I mean, um, so now here's my question to you. The 1B group, could you put any of those guys on any team and where would you be? On any team to compete for a title, no, but I think they'll get you to 500. And that's where I think the difference is, right? Right, right? Those top four guys in a bad situation can still win at a high level. Mm -hmm. But the next group, and Lance, I think that's the other reason too. You know, the Seahawks haven't won as much the last couple of years. And maybe that's, maybe I'm not looking at that the correct way. But I haven't seen Wilson elevate Seattle quite as much as I've seen him elevate them in years past. Maybe that's another reason I didn't have him in that first group. But, you know, Dak, Stafford, you know, Murray, you know, these are guys that are really good. And they can play, you know, at times we thought the Cardinals were Super Bowl challengers this year. At times we thought the Cowboys were Super Bowl challengers, for sure, and go down the list. But they don't just do it quite as frequently as quite as consistently, is my point. And they need a little bit more help. Well, with Russell Wilson, remember, this was the first time since you have to go back to 2011 in which they had a sub-500 record. And part of that was, once again, because Russell Wilson missed a handful of games. What was the, the record last injury. year, Lance? 12 and 4 they, they were in 2020. Yeah. year, really? Yeah, they've been Well, he's only had the what, art of consistency yeah. the Seahawks. I mean, really. And with with well, I think that you know, their offensive line has never been great. Correct, but he's still been yeah. able to keep that team in yeah. playoff yeah. contention good with argument. the That's yeah. a good argument. You know? and I mean, I mean, so that's why I think Russell Wilson warrants consideration for what I would consider my top tier. I mean, to each their own. No, that's There's fair. no right or wrong answer here. Well, but yeah. I think he makes a strong case because, once again, you're talking about for the first time since, really, he came into the league with Pete Carroll because Russell Wilson came in, well, 2011 was his rookie year, so, okay, we'll throw that out. They were 7-9. and nine. Since then, I mean, 9-7 and seven was their worst mark. Yeah, and once right. again, he missed a bulk of this season. If he plays a few extra games, I'm not saying that, you know, they absolutely go to the playoffs, but I certainly like their chances remaining in contention a bit more compared to where they finished up at 7-10. and 10. So, Russ, I think, has remained at a very high level, even if you go back to that 2020 campaign. So, I have no problem keeping him in that top tier, even though, yes, to Jeff's point, and John, you were hitting on this, and Jeff, I think you summed it up very nicely in terms of the offensive line has never been a strength of the Seahawks. You could mm -hmm. argue throughout Wilson's entire tenure, yeah. yet that really has never held this team back. So that's a sign of, hey, a guy knows he's walking into a situation that's far from ideal. He's still able to get the team to 10 wins on a consistent basis. That, to me, fits under the umbrella of the criteria that we were talking about no, earlier. It's a, it's a really good argument, and, and maybe I can be convinced of that. So now I looked at how these guys were all acquired, right? And I guess this is a good way to go next. Patrick Mahomes drafted between 5 and 10. Josh Allen drafted between 5 and 10. Aaron Rodgers dropped to the end of the first round, but a lot of people thought he would be a top 10 pick that year. Lamar Jackson dropped to the end of the first round. Unique player, unique talent, right? Uh, Russell Wilson, third round pick, mostly because of his size. Dak Prescott is the outlier here. I mean, no one thought that he would be what he's going to yep. be. He's, he, he's the real outlier. Then you have... Here, here comes all the first overall picks. Mm -hmm. Buckle up. You have Kyle Murray drafted first mm -hmm. overall. Joe Burrow drafted first overall. Matthew, um, Stafford. Matthew Stafford drafted first overall. Deshaun Watson drafted 12th overall. Justin Herbert drafted 6th overall. Not one of these players in the top 11 has changed teams. Now, Deshaun Watson is pending. Yeah. <laughs> that might happen at any time. But for the rest of these guys, no one else has changed teams, which I do think is significant yeah. because it shows you if you want to get one of these guys, you probably have to draft them.
Well, well did you bring up, by the way, Stafford changing teams? I'm sorry if I'm Oh, and you're right. Stafford he got he the extension, and, yeah. he, and he just got traded for a couple of number ones. You're yeah. correct. Sorry, and, Lance. And when you, when you look at these quarterbacks, and, you, and, we're, and for the, the listeners here, we, we have a, a spreadsheet up here that John put together. But through 1A all the way down to his one, uh, 1B, um, if you look at your notes on here, in my, in my definition of a franchise quarterback is, is a couple things. Number one, first and foremost, a franchise quarterback is going is, is gonna to win you football games, obviously, right? Number two, a franchise quarterback is a guy that the organization is going to stick with if there's some problems here and there once in a while, okay? Mm-hmm. And the third one, and I think is one of the biggest ones, which, by the way, is one, two, three, four, five. The first six, the first seven our contract extension. Oh, no, no, no. Every single one of them that's been eligible have gotten the big extension. The, that to because, me is... Because the other guys it, are still on their rookie deals. Well, that to me is a huge definition of your franchise quarterback is, by by the way, keeping him and getting him to that extension and him playing the way that we're talking about him. Right. Earning so, the second contract. Earning the second contract. Yeah. And your first, I mean, the first six off the board here, which is one, the first four in 1A, and then you've got the Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, all those guys, um, except for Matthew Stafford, too, who has got the extension, but he was then traded. And then all the rest of the guys down there, with the exception to Deshaun Watson, are on their rookie contract. And by the way, he wasn't traded because they were unhappy with him. They no, decided they just, that, look, we, we need to blow this thing up and start over. Right. And he wanted to get out, right? Yeah. That was the other thing, yeah. too. They, so. get, they gave him a get-out-of-jail-free card. Said, and he said, okay, you want me to leave here? Okay, I'll go to the West. And right, and the Texans don't want to trade Deshaun Watson, but he doesn't want to be there. So this is not like a team choice type of thing. All right, this is where things get interesting. Very interesting when you break it down. This is tier two, and this is where most of the league is, in my opinion. This is what the majority of the teams that are kind of in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, they're in and out. They kind of figured out these are where a lot of the teams are. And again, this is in no particular order. Here are the guys I put in tier number two. First, 2A. These are the win-with guys. They'll help you. They'll put up some really good numbers. You'll win they, with them. But they can't carry you, right? They need certain things they around them to They can carry you well. in some games and right. win you some games, but they're not going to carry you to the right. promised Especially, land and you get in, you get constantly, into a, even you, though some of them have when you look at these You guys. get into a playoff, team against an elite, playoff game against an elite defense, then maybe these guys aren't going to be able to overcome that sort of stuff. Sure. So here's what I got. 2A. This is my top of the second tier. And again, no particular order. This is just how I have them listed. And the first four are your top Basically, what I did, the order, folks, just so you understand how I did this, I basically went from NFC East to NFC West, AFC East to AFC West, every team to make sure I got all the quarterbacks, and that's that's the only reason they're in the order they're in. Gotcha. Okay? So we have Kirk Cousins, who I think is like the perfect representation of the two-way quarterback. Derek Carr, another, I think, very good two-way quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. Again, he's taken the Titans as far as the AFC Championship game. And then Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, three or four years ago, would have been in Tier 1 for me. Yeah, I don't think he was good of a player as he used to be. Took him to a Super Bowl. Correct. So those are the guys I have in my 2A. 2B, Jared Goff got the Rams to a Super Bowl. One with him, but he needed a lot of help. I debated on Jameis Winston. I decided to put him in 2B. But I could argue win despite of. But I put Jameis in 2B. I think you can win games with him. I put Jimmy Garoppolo in 2B. He just hasn't put up enough consistent big-time production for me. Like, you look at Cousins, Ryan, Taniel, Derek Carr. You're looking at, like, consistent 30-touchdown seasons for those guys, right? Or in and around there. Yeah. Garoppolo really hasn't gotten there for me. Yeah. Those so other I, guys have been healthy, by the way, too, well, John. That That's too. Another <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Great point, Lance. I have Baker Mayfield in 2B. 
This year, I know he took a big step back. I don't want to hold that completely against him. And then I have Carson Wentz in 2B. Again, the Colts got to 9-7 and seven this year. I'm probably taking his early career more into consideration well, than, they what got him to a Super Bowl. than what he's done recently. Yeah, I mean, he was really I good mean, that year, right? I mean, he didn't actually play in the Super Bowl. I mean, if I ask you... No, he's a big reason right. why they got there. Yeah, I was going to say, Nick Correct. Foles didn't get him to the Super Bowl during no, the season. I mean, Carson yeah. got Absolutely. hurt in, what, week 14 right. or yeah. something like that? But so, he's obviously yeah. taken a step back since then. But I still wanted to keep him in two, but I put him in 2B. Yep. And then the other guys I have in tier two. But again, these guys can fluctuate because they're young, right? And we don't quite know what they are yet. I have... Mac Jones from the Patriots, who I think showed a lot of promise this year. They clearly won a lot of games with him. You have Tua, who, again, they've won a lot of games with him. It's literally the definition of the category, right? Last seven of eight. (laughs) Um, Jalen Hurts, again, definition. They've won a lot of games with him. And again, Daniel Jones, who I think has been really hamstrung by the talent around him, and he hasn't had the opportunity because he hasn't had the rosters around him that hurts Tua and Mac Jones have had to win at that level. But I think we've seen enough high-level play from him at times for me to put him in the two category for now. But again, those four are in the too young uh, to call type thing for me. Well, I don't think you're going to... I see where you're going. So it's, it's hard to put Daniel Jones in the 2B up there with Garoppolo and Mayfield and Winston and those guys, well, right? Well, Wentz and Garoppolo got their teams deep in the playoffs, right? But it's hard to take Daniel Jones and drop him too. We haven't even got to the 3A category yet right but if when i look at those categories i would think that daniel jones is teetering upon those two i mean in my opinion well that's why i have him in the yeah yeah in that too young category um yeah and i think that you know when you look at those other guys and kind of what they've been have around them i mean you know mac jones did i think better than a lot of people thought he was going to do this year but you know he had some good players around him and again with emphasis of good players around him, whether it's mm-hmm. offensive line, running backs, I mean, guys that are hurt and aren't hurt. So, yeah, I think he's in a good group. What do you think, Lance? you think that two category for Daniel is where he needs to be? Well, it goes back to the lack of durability. I mean, a lot yeah. of those quarterbacks, I think, fit under this umbrella because there's question marks because they haven't been relatively healthy or they haven't been on the field long enough. Sure. Like Tua, for example, yeah. right? Tua didn't have a true rookie year two years ago. This past year, he was on the field much more, but there was even interruptions this season because of injury. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of putting him in that gray area, which is where Daniel is. And Jalen Hurts, extremely small sample size. Yep. And Mac Jones was just a rookie this year. Had a very nice year, but you never judge a quarterback based on one season because if we went by that logic Baker Mayfield is the same thing right he's had a really good year first year with Kevin Stefanski and then as John was referencing I think the shoulder injury impacted his play this year absolutely that's why I'm very anxious to see a fully healthy Baker with Kevin Stefanski again and then I think we'd walk away with a better feel a better judgment of what we're looking at to justify another contract or whatever direction the Browns want to go in so to me that too young unranked, not 2A, 2B category is basically the gray area for me. Yeah. There's potential, there's upside, but you still don't really know what exactly you're working with. And just the other thing I just wanted to add is, I think you can make a very strong case for Jameis Winston in being in that category. And the reason being is, statistically, you're talking about a guy that in the blink of an eye could put up 30 touchdown passes in a season, no, guys. 100%. Right? Okay, let's not forget about that. The million-dollar question for Jameis is his decision-making at times because he had that 30-for-30 30 30 season. But I actually thought, and this was unfortunate for him, I thought him and Sean Payton yeah, were sort of correcting on. the wrongs this season. Sure. And 
unfortunately, he went down. I would have liked to have seen Jameis for a full year because if I'm New Orleans and I don't know exactly what direction they're going to go in, I know Taysom Hill has that very unusual contract, but I would absolutely consider bringing Jameis back because I do think he showed some flashes before he went down that if you tell him, Jameis, we don't need you to put the cape on. You got a good defense on the opposite side of the field. You can win games with Jameis. It's just he's got to do more of what we saw before he went down with injury. And Lance, you also need to give him some weapons. I mean, the Saints Absolutely. had no yeah. receivers. Well, Michael last Thomas, Thomas should Thomas be, be back, back this year. Right. Yeah. That'll because be he helped. was hurt last year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Marquez Callaway is your number two instead of your yep. number one. Then maybe that's a little bit more, more doable there. Now, here's how these guys got acquired or drafted by their current teams, okay? Uh, Kirk Cousins, drafted in the fourth round, left via free agency. Big free agency. Right. He's really, <laughs> by the way, if you look at all the guys in Tier 1 and Tier 2, he's the only one that got like a big free agent contract and I mean, left just via and free agency. And by the way, guaranteed money. Correct. The oh, whole three, thing was three guaranteed. Years, three years, 90 all guaranteed, right? Yeah. Remember, three, 95, yeah. something like that? Yep. Um, Matt Ryan, drafted top three, big extension. Ryan Tannehill, drafted top 10, was extended, then eventually traded. Um, and then he was extended again by Tennessee once they got him. Derek Carr, drafted top of the second round, then extended. Then you go into the 2B category. Jared Goff, drafted first overall, extended, then traded. Jameis Winston, drafted number one overall. He left in free agency, just signed that kind of prove-it deal with the Saints. Um, he was not extended. Jimmy Garoppolo, second round pick, traded. Then he got extended by the 49ers when they got him. Baker Mayfield, drafted first overall, still on his rookie deal. And Carson Wentz, drafted second overall, big extension, then eventually traded when injuries happened and, and, and it didn't work out. So, again, we're, there are some exceptions to the rule. The Kirk Cousins, the Dak Prescotts, the Russell Wilsons, all these guys. And we're up to 20 quarterbacks now, the top 20 quarterbacks in the league, let's say. And then if you go into the next, the, the two young category, Mac Jones drafted top 15, two are drafted fifth, Daniel Jones drafted sixth, Jalen Hurts drafted second, right? You're looking at it, and those are then the top 24 quarterbacks in the league, according to the little rankings that we have. 25. No, the first, the first line doesn't count because oh, that's the ranking. Oh, I see what you're saying. So Sorry, my bad. That, yep. That's right. There are 24 quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. There are in that group gotcha. one, two, three. I'm counting three, unless I'm missing one year. Four with Garoppolo that were not drafted in the first round. Well, Prescott, Cousins, Wilson, Garoppolo, and Derek Carr. Five, sorry. So there were five quarterbacks in the top 25, 24, that were not drafted in the first round. And here are the numbers drafted in the top 10. Okay? <laughs> Wentz, Mayfield, Winston, Goff, Tannehill, Ryan, Herbert, Burrow, Murray, Stafford, Allen, Mahomes. 13. So more than half are in the top 10, and then the rest of the guys are kind of hanging out in that back end of the first round. The Aaron Rodgers, the Lamar Jacksons, the Deshaun Watsons, uh, guys like that. So, again, you can roll the dice and try to find a quarterback in you know the second and third or fourth round, but good luck. You literally have to find a needle in the haystack because that's a really, really tough thing to do. And real quickly, I think every year, about this time, we all start talking about the draft and we look at the quarterbacks like everybody does. But I still think the media 
pumps these guys up to they they kind of make you believe that every year there's three to five franchise quarterbacks, well, right? I mean, that, but that's the thing, Jeff. They're so important to your team. They are, that's but why, are they yeah. really? No, the, not not no, not the that. position is, but these players Correct. might not. That's be what the I meant. Guy. Correct. Yeah, they yes. may not pan out. So it just goes to show you how it's not such a perfect science just because. Now the number, the names that you wrote, you know, you you mentioned there, and those guys being in the top ten, that's a pretty good pedigree for. Then I mean, what was it, thirteen? You said, yeah, thirteen out that's, of the twenty. Okay, so you know, those are. But I guess to my point is, is that you know what what makes you that what makes you that tr- that franchise quarterback doesn't mean that you're always going to be it because you're in the top ten. Okay, talent does matter the most here. I don't care what you say, it's the number one characteristic for me is the talent that that position comes it's the number one position when you think about professional sports i think it's the toughest position to play out of anyone no, absolutely and by not, the way it was well, four, it's 14 not 13 by 14 the way. okay yes i mean listen i don't think any of us can sit in the box and, and hit 100 mile an hour right. fast correct let alone i don't think i really want to <laughs> no but the amount of processing and the the no one no player in any other sport has as big of an impact on a game except for maybe your superstar in the nba because there's only five okay. guys on the floor like you have that one guy that's the best player on the floor, he could elevate your whole team just sure. as much of a quarterback can. Yeah. But the quarterback's definitely with him one and one on the list. And by well, the way, I'm sorry, Lance, real quick. So, no, no, go and, ahead. And, yeah. and also with talent also comes age is a huge factor here. Well, quarterbacks last so long, Jeff. Quarterbacks are elite for 15 years now. If you get one of those guys that has talent and can play a long time and then, of course, the contract. And where, where we are today... I mean, some teams can't afford these guys. Well, I mean, you better hit on them too. That's like if you pay yeah. the wrong guy money, like it set the Dolphins back to well, pay like, Ryan Tannehill. Then they had to get rid of him, right? Mm-hmm. Look where the Lions are now. They had to trade Matthew Stafford. It didn't work out. Look where the Houston is, and if Watson wants out. Look where they are right now. Like contracts, you, yep. you, you have to you have to figure this out. And even when you do pay him, sometimes you pay him so much you can't put the people around them. Look at Russell Wilson. Look at the Sean Watson. What about the Vikings? Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Right. I, I mean. mean <laughs> Falcons. The Falcons have been up against the cap for three years because yeah. of the Matt Ryan contract. Yeah. So it's just it's a really really tough thing to do. And when you look at the the Daniel Jones situation with the Giants, if you you know where we have him in this mix is he's not at the very bottom. He's not at the very top, but he's also a guy that can he has a prove it kind of deal. He's on eight point eight million. Look at the amount of money that these quarterbacks are yeah, making I mean, 40, these days. Forty five million dollars. I year. mean eight point eight million is just like you know that's like chump change when you think about yeah. that what he's what he's playing for. Go ahead, Lance. Well, that's why the rookie contract is so important Yeah, in yeah. terms of maximizing the time period, especially if your quarterback clicks, to your point, Jeff. If you have the talent, you have the skill set, you better make sure you got the talent around him so that you can succeed because once the rookie contract expires and the fifth-year option's gone, now all of a sudden the quarterback exponentially increases in terms of how much cap space they're taking over, and now you can't afford the other luxuries around the quarterback. That's and more most of, of them don't why. even get there. I mean, it's, well, that's of course. I mean, based look at on Mahomes, the exercise right? We're going I mean, through. Mahomes. Yeah. He he wasn't. They they got him before they did the the extension. I mean, mm-hmm. they just said, okay, um, we're going to have to pay this guy a half a billion dollars. Well, because part of the reason, <laughs> yes. Well, part of the reason, Jeff, to answer your question is because they don't want to be the market setters. They know that if they wait till three or four guys get a deal, they're going to now have to pay even more. So the logic for the Chiefs was let's get them done, and then everybody else will follow based on our standard. And they did. Yeah. So that's exactly why they did it. But I wanted to just piggyback off of a few things that both of you guys brought up. Number one, in terms of your point, John, about NBA superstars, I always say the NBA is cut from a different cloth than 
other professional sports because you're playing offense and defense. You're superstars. Well, and, and, then so, those, and there's also only five oh, yeah. guys on the floor Correct. at the same time. Yes, but, but the point is you can't hide a guy in the NBA. Okay, You better go out there right. and play both sides mm-hmm. or else you're going to become a liability. In the NFL, your quarterback is not coming out there to play defense. He's not playing special teams. So you can make up for other areas. But yes, he touches the ball on every single possession on offense. So there's no doubt about it that he has the most influence, but you still are at the mercy of your defense and your special teams. Yep. So there's limitations compared to Kevin Durant, okay, he could drop 40, but he better also contribute on defense. So that, I think, is a huge difference in terms of the two sports. As far as, Jeff, your point about, and also what John was laying out, the percentage of guys that were taken to the top 10, I think the difference is the higher you take the quarterback, I think what we've proven is the chances increase that you're going to land the guy. But there's no guarantees that come with that. For example, 2018, okay, we're now going to be five seasons removed, guys, from that draft. Mm-hmm. So you had Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen all go in the top ten. Right now, Rosen has bounced around a bunch of teams that was a on practice He's squad. a bust. He's a bust. Okay, let's, fine. Let's call it like it is. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Darnold mm-hmm. also has now been on a few teams. Who knows? Not the Panthers could bust. move on. Ah, bust. bust. Hasn't him. necessarily panned out. Okay, bust I'll him. let John do the labeling That's here. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Baker, and, and by, by the way, no one was a bigger Sam Darnold fan than me, so it kills me I, to say that. Well, okay. But, no, well, listen. I mean, it's the bed you sleep in. I right. mean, basically, just, okay, go but, ahead. The, yep. Okay. Or Baker, I think results. we classify in that gray area still. And then Allen really is the one guy we feel great about at this yeah. point. So, Jeff, when you were talking about, you know, the skill set is important, absolutely. But also, those three other teams, the Browns, the Jets, and the Cardinals, were saying to themselves, we feel good. We got a top 10 pick. We're going to take a quarterback. No guarantee, though. Nope. Clearly, yep. environment is the other element that's in play. You could have all the skill in the world. If you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have a good scheme, you don't have a good coordinator, Coaches, you, they yeah. change OCs Receivers, every yeah. three years, then you're going to be stuck with a quarterback that had potential but was just basically stuck there scratching it. So I think that's an important element that we didn't necessarily raise based on the numbers that we brought up, but that goes hand in hand. And then yeah. the other thing that I wanted to bring up number-wise is by my count, guys, seven of those 25 quarterbacks, or 24, I believe, John, have changed teams, if I did the math correctly. But How many? Seven. Let's see. You count. have Stafford, Stafford Cousins, yep. Tannehill, Goff, Winston, Winston. Wentz. Well, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Seven, yeah. yeah. So that's seven, seven right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the reason why you can't just look at the number on the surface is there was rationale as to why some of these guys changed teams. Right. For example, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots got to the point where they couldn't afford to pay two guys, one of which is not going to play because right. Brady was still there. So you moved on from Jimmy G because it was more of a financial issue. That wasn't necessarily that he didn't pan out. It was just Brady continued to go up against the clock and was winning. So I don't necessarily say they made a bad pick. It was just finances didn't allow it. Carson got in a situation where he suffered a serious injury. Nick Foles came in and injuries just continued to limit him. And it was then a weird had, spot. It was a weird correct. spot. It yeah. was a very uncomfortable situation from that standpoint. Tannehill was another guy, a variety of coaches, right, with Miami. When you get a new coach in, new executive branch, they think differently than the previous regime. So, you know, that was another reason why he was let go. Then you look at Jameis Winston. Well, you got to the crossroads with 
free agency and Brady became available, they looked at that as a tremendous upgrade. Bruce Arians said, I'm going to move on from a guy. And oh, by the way, Bruce Arians wasn't there when they drafted Jameis Winston. So that was a change in terms of the philosophy. And Goff was swapped for Stafford. So, I mean, that's unusual, too, when you see a bunch of guys that are number one overall picks and they just change uniforms. And then I think we covered everyone. Well, Kirk Cousins was another guy, though, where he was given the franchise tag. And they didn't want to commit to him right long term. And then all of a sudden, you have new voices. Because remember, guys, you had Mike Shanahan there in Washington first. Then Jay Gruden came in. So he was another guy that was inherited by the new regime. You didn't have one coach that stuck with him. If Shanahan's still there, remember, he and Kyle had a very good relationship as well as Mike. Who knows? Maybe Kirk is still in Washington, for all we know, if things pan out a little bit differently. Lance, agree. And I think it is important to note that I make pointing out all these guys that were picked in the top 10, 14 to the 24. That doesn't mean if you pick a guy in the top 10, it's going to work. No, you know, and, and that's why I wanted right, to highlight any that. Position. 100% yeah. right. 100% any right. Position. Right, and, and you're looking at maybe a 50% hit rate, maybe. I'd have to go back and look at it. I haven't done that. But look, there's a good chance you're not going to find anybody. All right, let's open up the phones. 201-939-4513. Get on the line. I know we went a long time here, Pierce. I have one more point before I get to Kevin. We'll get to Kevin in a second. Here's the question I want to ask you guys, and this is really the key question I want to get to. You look at those guys in 2A, Cousins, Tannehill, Carr. Those guys are probably still going to cost you $35 million a year, $34 million a year. Is it worth paying for a 2A quarterback in our little tier system here that type of money? Are you able to build the necessary team around that player to consistently compete for a Super Bowl if you're paying a 2A quarterback upwards of $35 million a year? Because that could be a question that teams face you know, yeah. as we move forward here. And I think I would hesitate to do that. I would try to go for the top 11, top 10 guys, and you know, I'll pay them a little bit more, and I'll roll the dice on that. If but you can get them. But it's hard to find one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, right. So that, I think, is, is a question that a lot of teams face now. Are those two-way guys worth the 35 a year, right? That, that's kind of going to be the tough question a lot of these teams are going to have to answer. And, and again, it's not, it's not a matter of you're going to go out there and you're going to pay them because they're free agents. It's going to be a trade. Right, I mean, none of these guys are hitting free agency. When I mean, you think Derek about Carr it. could. He could, but he's probably, a free agent after I mean, this year. Yeah, theoretically, well, they may give him an extension. No, this and year they could right. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I think the uh, prime example of this is, would be Kirk Cousins. Remember, he yeah. finally hit. I mean, yeah. he played the transition tag for thirty-five years, you know, and then all of a sudden now he's like, well, or he, or, or if you have one of these guys on your team, do you want yeah. to extend them for that money? My right? my That's answer. A question you have to ask yourself. My to answer. Contract. Yeah. My answer is that if I'm in a transitional phase. Of a, t- of a football program. I'm in a little bit of a transition here. I'm going to go younger. I'm not going to go spend the money. But, right, but let's say you're around 8 and 8, 9 and 7. I'm still I'm still going to I'm still going to go. I I, okay. I I am still going to go younger because you know what? Uh, there's so much there that, you know, like and you hit you hit on it with teams that spend so much money that they they just completely you know, they decimate their their salary cap where now I don't have ability to pay other people. Right, because for me, Jeff, these guys in 2A like in Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr or Matt Ryan, can they win a Super Bowl? Yes, but it has to be perfect around them. It, like nobody, and it's not going to be if you, I have to spend all the money on them. You can't, well, have, but, you can't have injuries. You got to have really good weapons. You got to have a good yeah. defense. If you want to win the Super Bowl, 
I think you need to be perfect around them. And Lance, I think the point you're going to make, it, it, once you're paying those guys that much money, it, it's harder to be perfect around those guys. Well, because look at Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was just unfortunately plagued by injuries really the last two seasons, yep. specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I would argue, I don't think that Kirk and Ryan Tannehill hurt Minnesota and Tennessee respectively in terms of fielding and rounding out the roster, though. Okay, I think Minnesota put some good talent around him. I would say the same thing with Tennessee. Tannehill, you had Derrick Henry. You acquired Julio Jones. You drafted A.J. Brown. Offensive line was in relatively good shape. They had a balanced attack. They went out. They got Bud Dupree on defense. Remember, that was one of the worst defenses in the NFL the previous year. And they still, by the way, won the AFC South. So I don't think, John, the money, I can't argue Mm -hmm. that the money, deciding to invest in both of those guys and giving up resources in the case of Tannehill, put them in a precarious financial spot. I would agree that your team needs to stay healthy because the limitations of the quarterback are going to hold you back in a certain regard. But if I'm in Minnesota and Tennessee's position, I don't regret going after those two quarterbacks. If you were to tell me, hey, would it have been better if they would have you know, tried to acquire a pick? And remember, neither of these teams were picking extremely high anyway yep. yeah, to go after a quarterback. I just I don't know if that would have put them in any bad better position. So I don't think they made bad moves because you can't really argue that Minnesota brought in Cousins, same thing with Tannehill, and then they were like, hey, guys, go out and just put on the cape. You had Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook and Kyle Rudolph for a period of time together. And I just named all the talent on Tennessee. You're going to tell me you can't consistently do that? The Titans won the division each of the last two years. The Vikings, they were more of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Cousins. 13 wins one year, 8 wins the next year. 10 wins the following year, then 7 wins. So that was, to me, more contributed to the injuries and the inability for the opposite side of the ball, the defense, to stay healthy. That's what really did it in for Kirk Cousins' tenure, at least with Mike Zimmer. But I do think that's kind of a big question that these NFL front offices are going to ask themselves. Like, how much do you sacrifice a higher baseline of wins to try to chase a higher peak of win potential? You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the tricky part. And then when you have one of these young guys, and we mentioned the guys, and we even talk about Tier 3, but I have, like, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Like, none of them did anything this year that makes you think they're a Tier 2 quarterback, but... Next year, they could look like a tier two quarterback because they're so young, right? And, you know, better. <laughs> do you or they the, couldn't, though, too? Yeah, I mean, right. he's still rolling the dice, John. Yeah. Or they could be, you know, Sam Darnold and, and Josh Rosen, for all we know. Yeah. We, you know, we, we don't know that yet, which well, is why but, I have them but, in that potentially young there is there is a strong there's a strong possibility that some of these guys are going to fall into that. There's no question. Oh, I, I, of those six guys I mentioned, I'm sure two will end up in Tier 1 or 2 one day, and two or three will end up in Tier 3 when we're all said yeah. and done. Well, no it's no different it. than 100%. the 2018 class right. that I was going yeah. So right? my question yeah. is, do you then say, all right, well, I'm willing to sacrifice, to your point, Lance, the, 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 the seven to eight win floor that Kirk Cousins gives me to, to chase maybe Justin Fields becoming great? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the question that these teams have to ask themselves when they're, you know, making a decision as to whether or not to move away from these veteran quarterbacks that aren't stars. They're better than average. Well, like Andy they're, Dalton. They're good. I mean, Andy Dalton. Think about him and how he they, they played him over over fields for a reason, right? Right. He's just not ready yet. Right. And so, and what they paid, what they paid 
uh, him a year. Dalton. Dalton, I think. I mean, he had to be probably ten yeah, million. He was around yeah, about 10, one year. Think, one year yeah. deal for about ten million. Yeah. So I think that's that an, that's an interesting question. I think a lot of teams around the NFL are asking themselves: Is that at what point do I say this good quarterback? isn't going to get me where I want to go. He's going to get me part of the way, and he helps my team win. My team looks good. It's a good yeah. product. But I'm not going to reach the peak that I want, so I need to go roll the dice, risk having a guy be terrible and bust out, because, again, that happens in the draft. You never know. Right. But maybe this guy can become the next Patrick Mahomes. Maybe or this maybe, guy can maybe, become the next Josh Allen. Or maybe the guy can become the next Troy Aikman, because that's what happened to him. I mean, think about that. Troy Aikman, they just threw him to the dogs. Like, yeah. here, here you go, dude. One to 15. Go out there and play. Got, got <laughs> We're going to build a team around you, but we, you're going to have to take the licks. And he did. Yeah. You know, so. Well, but I think it also goes back to, guys, where you are in terms of your team before you make that move. No, good point. Because if you're some of these teams that we're talking about, like the Chicago's of the world and the Jacksonville's of the world and some of these other teams that went out and got rookie quarterbacks, the Dolphins, the you could argue, <laughs> yeah, the Jets too, but these teams that were pretty much young, not necessarily going in the right direction, sort of that you know, really middle ground area. I don't know if a quarterback alone is going to work his magic, whereas I'm going to keep going back to Minnesota and Tennessee. The Vikings, before they made the move for Cousins, you had Case Keenum, who wasn't even a guy that was going to be their starter, but because of the Teddy Bridgewater injury and then Sam Bradford, right? You went in that direction. Shermer had a good offensive game plan. They had a good running game. They won 13 games. They made it to the NFC Championship game. So you have that Minnesota front office Rick Spielman and company saying, we made to the NFC Championship game, guys, with Case Keenum. If we upgrade our quarterback, just think about maybe what we could do more consistently. I that no, was their logic. Yeah, I had no problem with them going after okay. Cousins when they did. No, no I, and I'm not saying you were, yeah. but I'm mm -hmm. trying to give the rationale where Minnesota was, right? Okay, yeah. so now let's apply that, guys, to Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee was with Marcus Mariota. They were consistently 9-7. and seven. They made the playoffs in 2017. I think they were saying the same things. We're right Right on the pinnacle of getting over the hump to be a consistent playoff force. If we bring in a younger guy like Tannehill, who still has a little bit more upside, who's a little bit more polished of a passer than Mariota, who's known for his running style, maybe that gets us to now 10 to 11 wins consistently. We compete for the division. So that's why I think Minnesota and Tennessee made those decisions respectively and why a team like Chicago, the Jets, the Jaguars, they wouldn't make that decision because I don't think they were anywhere in yeah. the same territory mm -hmm. as the other no. It's a good point. It's always individual to each team. All right, let's get to the calls. 201-939-4513. I hope you guys out there enjoyed that conversation. I thought it was pretty educational. I think we learned a lot. Kind of push you where the Giants are right now when you think about it. Well, it depends I mean, on how Daniel uh, Jones plays this year, right? Yeah. And that'll either make the decision easier or it'll make it extremely tough. But I think this team does have some good players around it. Like, for instance, the teams that you were talking about, like the Jacksonvilles of the world and things like that. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't see much talent on some of those teams that, you right. know, even mm -hmm. though they didn't win some games. But I think on paper, if I'm comparing the Jacksonville Jaguars and the, and the New York Giants, I would tend to, to lean towards the Giants as having better football players. More veteran talent that's good, absolutely. Yeah, yeah sure. but guys, real quickly, John, I know you want to get to the calls, but to Jeff's point, I think he brings up an interesting nugget. I would argue I don't think the Giants are an upgraded quarterback away from telling me they're a true contender. No. I'm I not think there's more. So I think, Jeff, it fits under the bill that I was talking about. We're not in Minnesota-Tennessee territory. We're more in the land of the unknown territory mm -hmm. with some of those other mm -hmm. teams. Well, yeah. that's why this year is so critical, right? To I, see yeah. where the team is, for one, and two, 
see how Daniel Jones plays. Like, is Dan, does Daniel Jones play this year like a 2A quarterback? Does he play like a 2B quarterback? Does he play like a 3 quarterback? Like, we have to wait and see. I just don't think we have enough information now to, to, to make well, that Well, if call. you remember, last year, what we were talking about this last year. Right, so this is the year that Daniel Jones is going to show us what it's all about. And, that didn't work out and, too well, did it? So, I mean, I think if with this new new staff and the new uh, GM and things like that, they're going to have to put better players around him to evaluate him in a sense that if they're going to be able to go move on with him, well, and he has to stay healthy. That's a big yep. question. In fact, I'm sure that that's that's their number one concern. Is that am I going to pay if I'm going to go if he does play well? But he, let's just say this, guys, and I know we'll get to the calls real quickly. If if he plays 12 games. And has an unbelievable season, twelve games. But I mean, then what do you do? That means he still missed five. Though, Jeff, yeah. Right? So and, I mean, and, and it does depend what the injury is. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, so now yeah. you're sitting there going, "My that God, the guy's—he broke all his records. He's, he's doing, you know, now, now, what are we doing? Jeez, Boy, this is not easy. You really want to put us in a tough spot, don't you, Fingers? Yeah, I'm just Jeez. telling you, it could never, you know, and then maybe that does happen. I actually, well, you know what I would do, Jeff? My my answer to your you, franchise, him, right? Well, or, yeah, give him a one-year deal if he agrees to it. Right. Meaning instead of franchising him, if you go to Daniel, hey, we want to bring it back, one-year deal for X amount of dollars. If he agrees that he wants to stay, then I'd be content with that under those circumstances. If you could get him to do that, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. It well, takes that, two to tango. Well, that's why yes. you, you might have to franchise him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you can get him in a one-year deal, but you know right. you automatically know what he's going to accept, right? Because it's right there on paper. Yeah, correct. You're yes. going to play for this. Yes. And by the way, you're going to play for this. This isn't a bag of nickels. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that's over $20 million a year. No, that's, that's a nice payday. That is, that is yeah. a nice Just pay. ask Kirk Cousins. Yes. yes. Nice yeah. We did it twice. All right, <laughs> here Drew we go. Brees, by the way. Yes. yes. 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, secure your season tickets for 2022 for just 100 bucks. Limited seats available. Speak with the Giants tick rep now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Kevin and Phoenix will lead us off today. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you all doing? We're great. Good. Good, good. Um, quick comment on what you were talking about. Um, I'm more worried about percentage of the quarterback salary versus the actual amount. Well, of course. With the salary cap going up year to year, I think you gauge it more on percentages. So what's your percentage of the quarterback? Are, what, what, do you, what do you think? So next year is going to be 208, they're just guessing. Yeah, so. so right now Patrick Mahomes, I guess, is probably around like 20%. Of about where it is, give or take. Yeah, but that's where most great quarterbacks are. Right. No, so you have it. to be willing yeah. to do that. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. When you're in transition, that number should be a little bit lower. No, so I agree with that's that. All. I don't have specific numbers. No, that's fair. Um, but the reason, the reason I was calling, um, I've been meaning to call about this for a while, but this is a great time now that we're through the Super Bowl. Hall of Fame class has been enshrined or getting ready to be enshrined next year. Um, when do we start the Jeff Siegel's Hall of Fame campaign? <laughs> So we they did it for Ray Guy. They got a complete team in the in the uh, Hall of Fame. Devin Hester is still kind of pending out there. When is it Fiegel's time? Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. By the way, I know we don't have enough time in the, <laughs> enough time in the program to actually you know springboard it on and get it going. But see, uh, see, Jeff's very humble. He does not like to self promote. I, I do not, and I, 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 and again, I've told people so many times about this, and, and I'm truly, I think, I'm thankful for that. And I really, I, listen, if it happens, I, but I will not be the one to spearhead that. I can tell you that right now. Right. Um, yep. I am just more just satisfied with the the. You know the career that I had, and and I didn't. There's really not much more left for me. And if, if somebody wants to do it, I'm far, go ahead, do it. So yeah, I just you know I hear about it, and you know pulling up the page to see most punt yards in NFL history, most punts, most <laughs> consecutive games played. So durability is a huge thing. Um, I just think you're underappreciated, Jeff. Well, thank and you. I'd like to see a campaign 
You know, a push to try to get you in there, or at least on the ballot. You know, give you a shot. I'm on the ballot. So. I'm on there. Oh, he's been, yeah, he's oh, been, are you? been okay. uh, yeah. up there in terms of making it to the yeah. next level at least a few times too, right, Jeff? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think the last time I, I made so. it. So, um, okay, we're getting there. It's progress. Now, listen, you know, Ray Guy didn't make it in until the senior ballot, which is like, you know, I think he was 25 years after he retired. So. Right. Um, maybe that'll happen. You're sold. You should already be on the senior ballot. I should be on the ballot, senior <laughs> ballot. Yeah, thank you, John. I mean, hell, Tom yeah. Brady matched Jeff How do we Fiegel's hang up in terms of the number of seasons in the NFL. <laughs> so that should tell you all you need to know. But, Jeff, I think it's very nice that you had a family member call in on your behalf on this thank program. You. Yeah, so, that's you know, uh, my yeah. second lost cousin. Thank Checks you. Checks in the mail. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> exactly. I am out in Phoenix, so... Oh, I, there I we go. Jeff See? See? Even more of a reason why it's family. back in New York. So, yeah, we followed him around a little bit. Thank you so much. That's all I got, guys. I appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Appreciate the call. If you were to go to the Hall of Fame, Jeff, it's a simple question. And would give, you guys be invited? Well, I would. Damn right. I, I, I hope I'd be invited. You, obviously, you guys would be invited. Now, here's my me? question: If you were said to go in front of the writer committee, and you can give them one fact about your career that could best convince them that you were deserving to be in the Hall of Fame, which one would it be? Durability. I mean, you don't play 22 years and never miss a game. No, I mean, that's just nobody does it. Tell me. I mean, it's hard. And I don't care. I know that it's, it, I was just punted, right? But, but still, it's still, I mean. Well, punters get hurt, though. I mean, we get hurt. But, yeah. And it, you could get hurt running, you know, 40s after practice one day. Hey, man. Um, walking those 18 holes every morning is tough. It, and that's, that's well, with how the you golf keep bags in shape. on your back. Yeah, especially if you don't have a cat. <laughs> See, people yeah. just don't know the other way to stay in shape. And that was to, to swing the golf club and walk 18 holes. You know, it's, it's a good five, six mile jaunt. You okay, know? so you would go that over like net or punt yard. Yeah, because or you know what? Like that. Actually, I, that is my most, I, I, probably something I'm most proud of because I understand a lot of people don't is that what it what it took to get to that. Right. There's a lot of lot of work involved in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is I would just say that you know my my averages weren't you know the averages today are off the charts. These guys are just so strong. You know, so my net average and my gross average were never that great. But it was more about efficiency with me. Like I did my job when I needed to do it. And then, you know, and you piggyback off of this is what is Riley Dixon last year. Riley Dixon was asked to get out there on the 50-yard line and put the ball inside the 20 or the 10-yard line. He kept kicking extra or touchbacks. You can't do that. you got to execute that play. And by the way, when you're at the 38-yard line, when I was playing, that's a long field goal for those guys. Nowadays, you just got to get to the 40 or the 45 even that these guys can make these field goals. So I was called upon to hit 38-yard punt on a 38-yard line and put it out at the 10-yard line. That's a 28-yard kick. So that's not a great for my net average or my gross average. It would look average. bad, but you go to the sideline and Tom Coughlin Tom would be, be high five. He loves yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah. that's strategy. So, yeah. um, and I always, I tried to invent this. I just couldn't do it. I bet today we probably could with analytics, but more it was a punter efficiency rating, just like the passer efficiency rating, because that truly will outline what a punter's doing on the field other than distance and hang time and gross punting and net average. It's just more of an efficiency rating that you would have like a passer rating. 201-939-4. Well, go ahead, Lance. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I know Jeff doesn't want to promote himself, and I respect <laughs> that. I'll go the extra mile. I mean, if you just do a comparison between Jeff and Ray Guy, first of all, Jeff played eight more seasons than Ray Guy, and I hate having to downgrade a guy because Ray Guy deserves sure. to be yeah, in the Pro 100%. Football Fame, but you have to make these arguments because for, right? yeah. for our listeners that don't understand, and you know, I don't want to bore them with the details, but getting into the Hall of Fame is really like a campaign. Yeah. When they get in the committee room, Everyone can't talk about Jeff Fiegels. Only one individual could get up who's associated with the team that Jeff played for, which to me is absolutely silly. For example, if you represent the Bears and you want to campaign for a guy from the Jaguars,
Jaguars. Why should you not be able to campaign for a guy from the Jaguars? Sure. What difference does it make? Yeah. But the bottom line is, Jeff had, and this is where average alone should not just be taken into consideration. Right. Jeff, you had over 700 more punts than Ray Guy. <laughs> Yet, despite that, okay, if That's we just crazy. look at yardage per punt, and I know this is not necessarily the one statistic, but you were less than a yard difference from Ray Guy, yet you punted the ball 700 more times sure. than him. Yeah. So, you know, efficiency is important when you take into consideration the volume of work. So that would be my argument. I got my guy. Behalf. I got my guy. Yeah. It's going to stand up for me. Right here, well, Lance Meadow. He's my guy. Hey, he listen, works I'll, for the organization, right? I mean, we're here. For you. Let's go, yeah. Hey, Jeff, let me so. tell you. If you want somebody in there that's going to be stubborn and not change their I mind got and really fight I got for him. you, there's yeah. no one better than Lance Meadow. He will stand there. and that's my he partner, will, Lance. He will be relentless. <laughs> and Jeff he, should also go in the Hall of Fame having to work with Paul DeTino for us. <laughs> no, we so all should. my first criteria. No, we all should be able to do that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that, No problem. My pleasure. Jeff, very deserved. Let's go Thank to you. John in Maine. He's next on Big Blue Kick. Way up in Maine. Hey, What's John? up, John? Hey, guys. How you doing? I uh, want to put my vote in for Jeff. Um, there we go. and We're on our way. Thank you. <laughs> I can campaign for you, but I, I need bus fare. But um, <laughs> if you mentioned field goals, uh, I just wonder, I have a question before I get to my point. Uh, Jeff, did you kick... Uh, before they moved the goalposts to the back of the oh, <laughs> You sound like Schmelk now. Uh, no, just it was just barely after they uh, moved it. I was the one I started 100. playing. Yeah, 100. yeah. You, you Sadly, I think that was a serious question. I don't think he was like trying to make a joke. No, I mean, actually, and, and by the way, remember, I wasn't. I was a punter, not a field goal kicker. Although I did, so it wouldn't have made a difference. Yes. I did. I did try one field goal though. Uh, How'd that go? Had a punt near the, the crossbar and kind of confused the punt return. How'd that go, Jeff? I'm sorry, John. I can hear you. I said, I, I said, how'd the field goal go? Well, it didn't go through. <laughs> did it at least, did it at least like leave the ground? At least no, it made it over the line of scrimmage. It was just a little bit right, you know. So, but you know. now uh, did it stay in the field of play or was it, it like, did? No, it stayed in the field. It didn't have it enough. Went as good as his passing attempt. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Jeff should have had a completion of the who dropped the pass. Jim Finn. Jim Finn. There you go. He's, alligator he's arms. so mad about it. I'm, I'm like, so mad. <laughs> the one, one of the best throws I ever made. And I, I think I made only seven of them in my life. But, man, he just totally just. Who remembers? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyways, you what else you got? Know. Let's get off of this Fiegel's guy. <laughs> you guys are talking about quarterbacks. So I, I came up with this number. So I don't know where I got it. Some subscription for a thing I got maybe. But I, they compare Elway, Eli Manning, and, and Daniel Jones in their first three years. Now, they each played about 40 games. Uh, Daniel Jones has about a 10%, almost a 10% better completion accuracy. Yeah, you team. know, but, John, you've got to be very careful comparing mm -hmm. quarterback stats from era to era. You know, mm -hmm. you, go back, you go back to Joe Namath. Joe Namath had more interceptions than touchdowns. He completed barely 50% of his passes. You know, quarterbacks, because of the rules, have become much more efficient over the years. And Eli Manning, whose career just started 20 years ago, back when Eli started, completing 60% of your passes was like a big deal. Now, if you don't complete 60% of your passes, you stink. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. it, it's very, very different. Remember well, when they were trying to get Eli to hit 70% was his 
rush. That was what he was trying to attempt. You know, that was the one. Now guys are seventy. No, they're not. Not a lot of them, but you know, that's a, that's a heck of a number. Yeah, but back in the back in like two thousand three, someone completing seventy no. percent of their passes was like a joke. No, it's, one it's just that like was any possible. other positions around the national football. The, the the league has transitioned to a point where the the numbers you can't come. It's hard to compare them 10, 15, 20 years ago because of rules, right? And just the way that guys are just to play the game these days. Well, because if the strategy, and Jeff, this goes back to what you were talking about, punting, what the coach yeah. asks you to do. If your offense is built to, I don't want to say all quarterbacks are like this, but maybe they have to check down the ball a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Your completion sure. percentage is going to be higher because you're not throwing the ball 30 to well, 40 yards down the field. So so many teams now, the passing game is just an extension of the running game with yeah, those exactly. short throws at the line. I mean, yeah. back in the day, do you think they threw passes at the line of scrimmage? You have like eight or nine easy completions a game that are at the line of scrimmage now. They didn't even throw look, those look passes. Look at the attempts. The Look at the attempts every game. Right. These guys are up there in 40, 50 times sometimes. Well, not sure. 50s, but the, because of what you just said. Maybe eight, seven or eight of those are those are dump-off passes. Yeah. So if I'm throwing the 36 of them, now I'm up to 44 or 45 a game. You know, so that's where it makes a difference. And by the way, those eight, eight extra throws per game, if you complete all of them, times 17, your completion rate's going oh, way up. up. Yeah. Well, here's another example. Remember when Mahomes threw the underhand shuffle pass, right? <laughs> yeah. And he gets a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. Or how many times, guys, have you seen Aaron Rodgers That's does right. this all the yeah. time? The wide receiver runs right in <laughs> front of him. He just shuffles it over to the guy, and the sure. guy then runs five yards in for a touchdown. You know that goes down as a passing attempt. Yeah. Debo and Samuel, too, yeah. at San yeah. Francisco. Correct, yeah. exactly. So the optics of what happens in a game is not always reflected in a box score. I think that's, that's right. the main point. Yeah. That's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into these these statistics and and stuff efficiency as John was saying these days. So it's tough to it's really tough to just put on paper right smack there. You, you those three players that you mentioned, those three quarterbacks, and then and their numbers. It's it's kind of difficult to do. Anyway, I'm sorry, John. Finish the rest yep. of your point. We totally cut you <laughs> off. <laughs> sorry, John. That's what we do here. We apologize yes. for it. That's why I call. That's why I listen. The the only thing I really was looking at, and it's similar to what you're saying, but still. Um, Elway, 47 touchdowns, 52 interceptions. Jones, 45 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. And Manning, 54 touchdowns and 44 interceptions. Now, I don't know if you have the same arguments about the interceptions and the touchdowns, and that's fine. You might be you know, well into it. We're well into the passing game these days compared to what we were mm-hmm. like at Namath's time, who had a 50.1% completion accuracy. But still, I think it's I think it's important to see that he, uh, Jones is way ahead in touchdowns compared to interception, only because there's so much talk about him, but nobody knows anything about him, and he's not that good, and all this. So I like Daniel Jones. Well, it's a durability thing. I mean, if you compare Eli Manning and, and Daniel Jones' Thanks durabilities, so. I mean, think about that. I mean, well, yeah. uh, it's just that's he really never missed a game in his well, career. Well, that's why I put Daniel in tier two, too young, not tier three, too young. So I think we've seen enough where you know. If you put him in a great situation, I feel like he could do some of those same things those guys in Tier 2 could do. And who knows? Maybe as he grows and gets better and improves, maybe he could even jump well, that, into Tier 1. I don't know that. We Nobody knows that. that That's why year, this year is so important. That rookie year, it certainly looked like he was trending to where he, we were wanting well, him to Very go. productive. But again, he was like Jameis, a turnover machine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then he corrected it, you know, and then going forward. But then all of a sudden now he was missing a bunch of games because... Of the injury part of it. So. Well, yeah, and, and the overall production came down. Sure. Yep. Um, and he also changed coaches, too. 
multiple times. The guy that he was working with was Shermer and Shula, yeah. Well, no no better proof that (laughs) what's happened is when the owner of the team basically came out and said that we did everything to screw this guy up that we could uh, verbatim. And again, I just want to point out again, I said at the top of the show, I'll say it again now to close. This was not not a referendum about Daniel Jones. This was how you create a prism of sorts in which you can view Daniel as he goes through this fourth year. Yeah. And yeah. to see, all right, well, this is what the rest of the league is. He's what the other quarter because look, you could talk about guys on a pedestal or a statue and talk about him as a singular person. Unless you have a way to compare him to what else is going on around the league, right? Mm-hmm. To have a scale in which to judge where he is and then you make your decisions. You always have to have a scale to judge guys Something, on, right? Yeah. So that's what I tried to do today to give people an idea of what the quarterback situations are around the league, where they were picked, how they're acquired, the money they have that, that have been spent on them, to give a prism in which to view Daniel's upcoming season when the Giants will then have to make a decision on him. Yeah. Yep. And hopefully he makes a decision for him. Yeah, hopefully yep. it makes the decision easy. Yeah, and because, I mean, uh, and Lance, you mentioned it before, though, what do you do with Daniel Jones at the end of the season, whether it's a franchise or you offer him a one-year deal? If Daniel Jones is going through this season, and and we hope that it's going to be a positive one with what we've seen in Brian Dable and that offense and Mike Kafka, the guys, what they could put together with some of the talent they can put around him, then maybe 10, 12 games into the season, all of a sudden the Giants say to him, we've seen enough. And now we're gonna we're gonna give him an extension and they sign him and or because yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be by far too late for the fifth year option as we know. Yes. Well, and that's gonna come up first, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Keep in mind. Yeah. So I, we may have an indication of where they feel about him yeah. even before we start. Well, this I think season. we all probably uh, in in some way or another understand that's probably not gonna happen, right? Yeah, we'll I see, would be though. surprised you at this point, know. but yeah. you never know yeah. because you know Joe Shane's mindset different than Gettleman and anybody else that was here previously. Yeah, and I and yeah. I, and and just because that he you know was drafted and he wasn't part of this this regime. Regime, if you will, that still doesn't mean that they they may or may not like him, you know. So let's just we'll see what happens. Guys, fun show. Absolutely. Already done. Yes, Fiegel's uh, and Fiegel's and Detino tomorrow. Okay. So make sure you go check that out. Thank you to Pearson as always. Pearson is going to be off next week. So uh, where we are you going, Pearson? He's he's Home. taking he's taking vacation. Oh, these mm. kids are so pampered these days. <laughs> they know it's ridiculous. Yeah, Wait a minute, aren't you taking off. a day off tomorrow? One, yeah, literally. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, this is hysterical. All <laughs> oh, the hypocrisy oh, and the I double know, standard. It's unbelievable. As quickly, John hits the eject off, button. Criticizing Goodbye. another for taking a few now, days off. As, oh, as, as, as Pearson can attest, I have encouraged him to take these days off. I am just giving him, you know, nonsense on this. But um, yes, so uh, he will be off next week. We will figure out what we're doing here. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Good stuff. But uh, we'll back again tomorrow noon for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Lance and Jeff, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you then.